Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Dahlia, and with me today is Pastor Adam. Hi, Deaconess. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. We're actually recording this episode after uh, the pastor's conference just finished. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a week. It's Wednesday afternoon, and then we had that moment of, oh, no, we haven't recorded the we podcast yet. We haven't recorded yet. yet. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what was your sermon about? But then I... I remembered right away after you said bribery. It all came flooding back. It all came flooding back. Yeah. Something that's like that's that. nice. I'm glad we have my manuscript in front of us so we can <laughs> both remember. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right. So tell us, what is the text that you preached on? Uh, the text from last Sunday was uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10. And this is one of the, this is a few verses from a sermon that Moses gives to the people of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy. There's, there's a few sermons that Moses actually delivers and the whole setting of Deuteronomy is the plains of Moab as they're about to enter in the promised land. And then you get to the book of Joshua and you go into the promised land. So it's kind of these final uh, final um, instructions from Moses because he does die by the end of the book. Uh, but the reading is dealing with, um, I think it's a second or third sermon. I don't remember exactly. And you focused particularly in verse 17 Right For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awe-inspiring God, showing no partiality and taking no bribe. Yeah, very much uh, the reading is focusing on describing God. It also speaks of uh, that the, it says, I love the Lord their God with all heart, soul, mind. And, of course, that's how it connects into the gospel reading from Matthew 22. But you get a bunch of descriptors of God. And I really wanted to lean to that idea that God takes no bribe. And I thought that was just an intriguing way to think of our God and uh, and look at how um, he has saved us, even through that sort of idea, too. So let's lean into that a little bit more, because I believe that's the problem that your sermon sought to identify had to do with um, bribery and like our inclination to accept bribes. So how would you define it, first of all? I mean, what, well, I mean, what is a deaconess? Uh, bribery, it's usually exchanging money to get some sort of like advantage or yeah you're selling out for something right yeah yeah and so yeah there's some sort of compromising of character uh it's um gaming the system it, it's these sorts of ideas so you're saying this applies to all of us and you brought in the definition a bit in your sermon you had said bribery is a synonym for when the scriptures talk about those who gain the whole world yet forfeit their lives yeah, yeah, and so uh, usually when we think of bribery or just, you know, grand examples of it, right, it's, it's the business cronyism or political corruption and uh, kind of this, uh, it's a larger sum of money or it's, um, you know, it, this is a sin that elite people sort of commit. But rather, um, I wanted to kind of bring it back to us and even just see, you know, that temptation exists within us uh, to sell out on what is... On the truth, uh, for the sake of something that's transient, and I think that might be just a way to think of original sin or to think of our sinful nature as uh, taking the path of least resistance or um, not doing what's right, and that does kind of some of the ideas to help kind of bring it to everyone in the in the room. Yeah, I like that. I I noticed. Yeah, you focused. Yeah, like it's not just for the political elite or the wealthy and powerful, but even for us. Uh, yeah, you had mentioned like the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, which I think we do have huge temptations with that. 
like just the everyday person living in our in our culture here in America. Um, and yeah, like you said, it resides in our sinful nature. Yeah, and so was bribery. It's uh, another way to say it is it's a decided decision <laughs> uh, to not live rightly ordered with the creation. Maybe that's a way to think of it too, and that we lack uh, contentment uh, with with the ways of God. And so um, maybe that's even just a way to kind of broaden it too. And so I, I recognize I'm kind of massaging the word a fair bit, but um, I think this yeah, is something no, that's there. okay. So then how did you get to Jesus in your sermon? Uh, yeah, to get to Jesus, uh, I was thinking of just different, you know, examples of bribery in Scripture. I mean, there's some there's some examples, like um, there's uh, Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, right? They try to um, uh, keep money for themselves, and Holy Spirit strikes them dead. And um, there's certainly other examples, but to get to Jesus, um, I think Judas comes to mind, right? You know, the betrayal of Jesus, um, especially the idea of selling out a traitor, you know, that could be something to go with. But I wanted instead to go with uh, the temptations of Jesus, and especially the temptation in Matthew's gospel, which would be the, let's, that's the third one, all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. If you bow down and worship me, right, the devil says to him. That's actually the second temptation in Luke's version, um, or Luke's account of it. But that's a bribe, right? I'll give you this if you give me that. And I thought that was at least a unique way to get to Jesus because he's in the wilderness and Jesus is the people of Israel reduced down to one. And all these ideas there in Deuteronomy before entering the promised land, Jesus is uh, reenacting them, but in a greater way and maybe a better way instead of reenacting, he's fulfilling. He's doing what the children of Israel could not do faithfully back in the wilderness. Yeah, no, I love that. And I really, that really struck me when you talk about, you talked about the devil's temptation to Jesus. And a lot of times we think of it only according to his divine nature that, oh, of course Jesus would say no, like he's God. Like he has all, all the kingdoms of the world already, he, he has authority over all of them. He, he's the creator, you know, like, <laughs> but then according to his human nature, he can be fully tempted right that was a i don't know i just thought that was really cool to think about and this is always a a challenge when we think of jesus is he he is fully god and fully man and especially when he's going up against the devil we want to emphasize his divinity and oh look he wins and and if you do that the devil's temptation looks kind of silly like jesus created all the kingdoms of the world he's god we would this is this is a dumb temptation but jesus felt the temptation of getting all this what inheritance treasure right the the wealth and power of the world he actually experienced that temptation um what was it hebrews it talks about that he was tempted in every way like us and yet is without sin and we can even magnify that he's he is tempted like this but it tempted in even more profoundly deep ways than we ever will be yeah but then of course the difference being he didn't fall into that temptation Correct. right Correct. Because you also made the point, like, God takes no bribe. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, so Jesus does not succumb to the temptation. He does not give in to it and commit sin. Uh, But he certainly is tempted. And uh, as Moses described of our God, our God takes no bribe. And now uh, 
in the wilderness once again. Uh, our God is is there facing off against the devil. And, oh, look, he's not taking any bribe. Now, while it's a cool connection, Deaconess, uh, you know, doing the children of Israel, Jesus is, you know, Israel reduced down to one, the wilderness, the bribery stuff. Uh, we still need to get to uh, more gospelish language. You know, what is God doing for us? You know, how has God saved us? And I, I like the idea instead of, you know, the bribery is taking something. The opposite of that is the complete kind of benevolence of God that he gives. Right. It's not a bribery. It's a, it's not a bribe that compelled Jesus to die for us. But you mentioned like it's because he loves us that he did all this for us. Right. Kind of freely gives of himself or um, I mentioned in Romans 8 that uh, he, God, the father did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And part of the, the wonder and beauty of the gospel is that God is so graciously giving and benevolent. It is out of his love, it's out of his kindness towards us that he gives everything, even the most precious thing, which is his own son for us. And uh, that's very, very different than a, than a world caught up in bribery. And how do I get a leg up and how can I game the system and all that and sell out? Jesus empties himself for us, uh, Philippians 2. Now, you started out this sermon talking about um, a conversation we might have with someone who is an unbeliever, right? And they ask the question, like, who is the Christian God? Why did you s- decide to start out the sermon that way? Well, I did need an intro and a conclusion, <laughs> just uh, on that level of it, Um but especially this idea of talking about God taking no bribe, it's a kind of a unique way to talk about God. And there are other kind of standard ways. I mentioned, you know, omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent. God is everywhere. And you get some of these ideas in the Deuteronomy reading. But I thought it would be helpful for us to think about as Christians, we are always falling into conversations about the faith. And we can even uh, redirect conversations ourselves and, you know, ask questions and and take others into talking about the faith and talking about Christ. And that's good, and we should be doing these things. But the further thing to do is, well, how do you get to Jesus, and how do you talk about Jesus? And so I thought that might be just a kind of a nice sort of hypothetical situation of if we're kind of put on the spot, how would you talk about God? There's not an exact formula, and, and I hope that certainly came through. But I think sometimes we sort of freeze up, right? Or when we do talk about God, it's a bit abstracted. You know, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's present everywhere. But how do you know God is personal? How do you know he actually loves you? Well, it's through Christ. And um, I just kind of suggested this idea of, well, God takes no bribe. It's a pretty memorable thing. As you said, you remembered the sermon as soon as I said bribery. <laughs> True. Um, but it's it's a memorable way to think of our God and very much, no matter who we talk to, anyone can kind of point to just the, the scheming and the the ickiness of bribery that happens all around us and how often uh, people and in institutions and in groups let us down. We all know what that's like. And to say that God is the opposite of those things, but God is completely benevolent in giving of his love for us. I think that, that sounds like good news to me. It might be a way to kind of speak the good news to those who need to hear it and to, um, and to hear the Spirit's call by the gospel. I have a here-submitted question. 
What is the church's simony? Did Luther's lightning experience involve a bit of attempted bribery? Interesting questions. All right, yeah. So uh, this comes up early in the sermon, talking about bribery, political corruption, business cronyism, criminal conduct, and I just kind of threw out their churchly simony. And uh, we were looking up uh, the pronunciation before, and internet was saying simony, which I don't understand, but uh, I'm not the, always the best at languages. This thing comes from Acts chapter 8. And so in Acts chapter 8, uh, the chapter begins with uh, the aftermath of the stoning of Stephen. Uh, you have the sort of dispersion of Christians, um, a large group out of Jerusalem. And the gospel is now going from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria, as, as we hear at the beginning of the book. And you see this taking place. And uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 9, it says, But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention uh, to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. Even just so notice there, just kind of the generic sort of talk about God there, right? There's more needs to be said. Right. Yeah, okay. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, right, this is one of the deacons, most likely, that was appointed back in chapter 6, as he preached the good news about the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter. Your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. All right, so what do we do with all this? So we see Simon, uh, he was this magician. He does uh, convert to Christianity, and yet he's in kind of enchanted by the, the gifts of the Spirit being given to the apostles and, and some of the early church, and he wants this these powers too, and he offers money for them. A bribe. Uh, sure. Um, how can I buy this? <laughs> right. Yeah. And... That's where the word simony originates from, is from this part of scripture. Now, how the word is used, it's referring to kind of within church history that there was this sort of buying and selling of church offices, that 
you know, if I give enough money, then, you know, my son can be a, a bishop in this territory or, you know, th- you know this sort of thing here. Um, it's just it's just a church version of corruption in the system. And that's kind of what it becomes. And so I just thought it'd be good just to not say, hey, we see bribery in business or the government or in, in crime. Right, but, but that there has been a history of this yeah. in the church. Right, and so that's where the word comes from. And I don't know of another word other than simony. It's a cool word, too. It is a cool word. Well, then, what about the follow-up question? Did Luther's oh, lightning... There's, there's another question? Oh, I thought yeah. we were going to be done. Oh, no. No, no, no. Of course not. Did Luther's lightning experience involve a bit of attempted bribery? I was... Okay. So, maybe not Luther, per se. Yeah, because, you know, he's he's on a road. There's a storm. And like, he prays to St. Anne. And I'll become a monk if I'm spared. Do you save me? Or right. Yeah, if I'm yeah. spared. Um, right. Maybe That's why we shouldn't pray to saints, but let's pray to Jesus. But... Oh, well. Anyways, I was kind of thinking about that, how we try to bargain with God. And is that a sort of like bribery? That's really too? interesting. Because like we I have guess I hadn't thought of that before, but maybe it is. Yeah, that was that was a thought I had with the sermon. Maybe I kind of go in that direction. But then again, you have examples like Abraham, right? Praying and interceding on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. Or we think of Moses interceding on behalf of the people back at the Golden Calf incident. And so maybe there's a difference between bribery and interceding. You know, it's kind of a offering themselves up or being a go-between. But, you know, we hear those sorts of stories. And, and I remember, you know, kind of praying those prayers that, like, um, you know, I get in huge trouble as a kid. And, and I remember, like, praying to God, like, hey, if things work out, like, I promise to read the Bible every day. Like, I remember, I'm like, sure we've yeah, all like, done that. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but I thought that might be an interesting direction to go into as well. That we try to, I don't know, barter with God. I don't know. Yeah, well, th- yeah, no, I don't know. It's interesting because then I think in scripture, I mean, I don't think this is bartering with God because it's like you said, more asking God to intercede. But like Hannah, like right. she's going to give her son yeah. to the Lord. So I don't know. I mean, there are examples of this. You can see why I did not go down this path. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Would, it would definitely take a lot more reflection and study on but I think that that's idea. still very different than what we just read in Acts. Yes, absolutely. And so maybe bribery r- much more closely entails an exchange of power or an exchange of money or, or some sort of good like that. Or I, I don't know. But that could that'd be interesting, though, as like a Bible study or just to explore that theme more. Yeah, listeners, uh, let us know what you think. Um, but I'm definitely, I was intrigued by the idea of Moses saying that God takes no bribe. That was really fun to think of. So how do I go from here and I get to Jesus this week? And it was just neat to allow myself to relook at the temptation of all the kings of the world and all this splendor and how our God is benevolent and gives all of himself for us through his grace. This wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon is in the show notes. You can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Pastor, for joining me and feeding us the word this week. Thanks, Douglas. All right, take care, you guys. Bye. Bye.